Welcome to Just Dads Reading Books, a podcast about getting to know your kids based on what they read. This is produced by Matt Martins and EJ Sanders. Music by Russian Baths. Happy New Year, everyone! I'm here with my friend EJ. And I'm here with my friend Matt. I've been wearing the glasses, Matt. The confetti has popped <laughs> off. The fireworks are blown up. It's time. It's time. It's a new year. It's a new year. New you. New me. Uh, new me. New you. What's your, what's your rev- resolution, EJ? What's your New Year's resolution for, the, oh, for, this, for 2024? I want to save the world, Matt, I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, today... It's, Today's an episode, everybody. I don't know. I don't listen. I'm gonna shoot you straight, everyone. Today we're we are talking about when the world runs dry, uh, Earth's water in crisis by Nancy yeah. F. Castaldo. Um, I wanted to read yeah. a nonfiction book. I looked up some recent nonfiction uh, notable entries, and this one came up, and we mm-hmm. kind of that's all we looked into it and started reading it, and it is about how. Uh, we're all doomed. It's about how water is bad, uh, and we're gonna run out of it, and it's well, gonna be a problem. Is that a well, is that a fair well, summation? Good, actually, water is a good thing, good, but it's not good that we don't happening. have much of it. Yeah, we are running out of it. Is what it sounds like, and not really. We're running out of it more than there's not enough for us. Yes, all to live. Yeah, uh, is the thing. Uh, so, boy, uh, we'll we'll try to adopt a more serious tone here shortly. Yeah, uh, I, I, but it is the new year. Yeah, it's the so. new year. So let's all um let's all think about water more often. That's the that is the uh, New Year's resolution for me. Although this book definitely left me a bit confused on exactly kind of what is the best way for me to feel about all mm. of this so let's let's talk about like the book itself uh it, it is mm. broken up into kind of a, a handful of sections i would say mm. it first uh sort of covers just like uh water in general like how it moves right. around the world how how we sort of all rely on water and everything and mm. then it starts to get into like the various reasons water is a scarcity basically what happens with with water becoming a scarcity uh it talks a lot uh there's a there's an extensive section not about scarcity but about pollution and uh Mm -hmm. damage to water ecosystems and then it kind of rounds things out with looking ahead at what uh the future could hold for regions that suffer uh from water scarcity right right what is what does society look like when uh we run you know what what areas can we look at what regions of the world already have water scarcities that we can look to to get kind of an understanding of of what's to come honestly all of that if if you're listening to this and you thought wow that all sounds very adult and uh very lots of science would have to get expressed in that you're right uh this book is uh very interesting as a kind of young adult novel because it's hard for me to guess how and when and why a kid would choose to pick this up. This feels more like an assignment that they would get in a class. Yeah, and you know what? This is where this is where the distinction for what we, you and me, mm-hmm. Matt, are yeah. considering young adult, right? Right. To what I think young adult is actually moving towards the demographic that it should be in, right? Young adult should be an adult. 
first off, right? Like somebody who is, you know, 17, 18 years old at the youngest. Yeah. But when we're considering young adults, we are thinking of uh, high schoolers who are getting ready to become adults. That's right. right. That's yeah. the, that's kind of what we are looking at when we're looking in the young adult genre. And it's hard for us to maybe sometimes decipher you know, at what end of, of our demographic we're looking at. Cause what we are basically saying is a young adult novel is anything that could be suitable for really 15 to like 20 years old. Right. Yeah. Right. And this one is very much more kind of on the, no, you should probably, you know, have, you know, be late high school, um, you know, into, into early college to really maybe consider some of the things on here and maybe not because there are a lot of calls to action that Nancy Castaldo puts in this book. Yeah. Um, that do feel like they are for a younger, uh, sort of slant, right? Um, yeah. trying to get people, uh, you know, to, to write their congressmen, uh, who mm-hmm. are, who are younger, uh, trying to, you know, ask their, your high school teachers about it kind of thing. So yeah. it's, it's definitely for the environmentally conscious teenager. Yeah. Um, and definitely for any adult who uh, is uh, has uh, a conscience as well and yeah, can look around and see how the world is falling apart. Right. So, well, and, and uh, those you, you certainly see that more these days, right? Like, I mean, kids right. just know they have to be environmentally conscious. It, it's the way culture has sort of hopefully correctly aligned with them. So it, it definitely doesn't surprise me too much that this would be just sort of like, a known thing to talk about to even as young as like eight years old it's like hey listen we should you know talk about just like better water usage and 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 not being wasteful in general you know uh to to sort of instill that in people mm-hmm. i think is good we could we could have the debate here about like personal responsibility with matters of like this scale right there there's right. there's an argument within this debate of like uh, does me cutting out a quarter of my water consumption have an effect when the reason water is getting wasted so much is like mass farms and weird, you know, legal battles I have no control over. That's, right. you know, we could have that argument, but that's not really, I think, what is at stake and what is being expressed in this book because you don't get to the position of like having people in roles that want to make a company do better you don't get those people in power without raising them younger as environmentally conscious people right like that that's sort of the requirement is like i need to be a 15 year old who cares about not using more than my fair share so that when i'm a 35 year old in power i still have that mentality going into the decisions i'm now in charge of or whatever so i think when I was reading this book, my gut reaction was that she put a lot in it that was like, you know, don't flush your toilet as often and and try to use as little water as possible. And it's like, I, that's going to conserve 300 gallons a year for me. Like, that's nothing. It is such a drop in the literal bucket uh, of all of these right. things. And, and I had that negative knee-jerk reaction and i've come around to more a this is about building a social (laughs) sort of standard so that then the big decisions exist within that level of society of everyone being more conscious yeah and yeah so it, it comes down to we are trying to get the nation's youth right we're trying to get them like you said in the mindset of this is urgent this is something that is happening 
currently. Yeah. And you have to adopt sort of the, uh, you know, the fight or flight mentality, the, mm-hmm. the uh, you know, staying on edge. Uh, you, you have to be ready, uh, right. essentially, well, to man. Oh, go yeah. to, to battle, uh, you know, and like, right. you know, to figure out how we can get folks clean water right. in the world. I mean, you have to be ready to uh, understand that you are entering a different world than, I mean, even you and I yeah. are, have entered, right, right Matt? Th- that, like, is I mean, the, that is the sad truth of this kind of an issue is the people currently with the most capability to enact change are the ones who will feel the least of the effects of any decisions made right we are talking about a generational issue where the kids coming up right now are the ones who will be (laughs) of a certain age in 2040 when this stuff is significantly worse and comes to a head it like it will be too late and it, it is sort of that impossible feeling issue of like how do you make people that won't be around for this care about this like how do you how do you force people to care about future generations or whatever and convince them that this uh science is real because right. because <laughs> you and i by 2040 are going to have lived full lives right. essentially yeah. right like it like we can go at that point <laughs> <laughs> you know? we'll be in our late 40s it'll be like time for for me at least uh, uh-huh. i can speak for myself like that'll be kind of time you know so sure. i'll feel good about if i make it that far <laughs> in life um but you know for my daughter for instance you know she'll be 23 yeah uh in 2040 uh not exactly maybe maybe the way you would want to spend your 20s is yes. worrying about clean water and right. worrying about uh you know, the environment that you live on mm-hmm. uh, and how the world is now uh, actively trying to kill us because <laughs> uh, of the damage we've done to it. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, it's, it is an important topic, it, you know, and I've looked up now that this, this book is for, you know, grade six to 12. Yeah. Um, you know, grade six, I would say that's probably more of a teacher's resource. Um, right. You know, something that they can use to basically reference, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I can see 10 through 12, maybe, uh, taking a look at this and, and, you know, for their own sake, but yeah, getting into more of kind of what we can do, uh-huh. right? Because there, there are a lot of calls to action in this book. There and are. They, they, they can be, you know, it can be a little bit frustrating to think about sometimes because it's like, why hasn't anybody done this before? Um, Mm -hmm. And it's easy for Matt and I to sit here behind microphones and say like, hey, get out there and do that. You know, we are also need to be active. Right. Matt and I, everybody we know Mm -hmm. need to find ways to be active in the conversation. Yeah. And so it's (laughs) sorry, I'm exasperated. (laughs) Uh, But it's 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 a it's all a sad truth of how how things get done these days. And, And like you said, you know, it's. Where are the people doing this before? That is the the long march of this kind of activism and this kind of work is like it's always small steps. Let, let's talk about the book a little bit and how it sort of showcases those struggles, right? It, what I think I really enjoy about this book is it showcases sometimes it's in like a negative light and sometimes it it still has like a light at the end of the tunnel but it showcases a number of specific stories it uses what is the word it uses like case study or something like that like it yeah it pulls up specific 
uh, stories uh, throughout time. Uh, so there's, you know, there's a specific section about Flint, Michigan, which if you know anything about Flint, Michigan, the last decade has been very difficult for Flint, Michigan. Probably, having access. probably the one that we're most familiar exactly. with. Exactly. In, in, in America, it's it's this sort of like stark story of like, wow, that's just been a horrible situation for a very long time. And uh, nobody yeah. has done like it's so frustrating to read that section because uh you, people you, have done you get a thing. look <laughs> at how much people knew what was happening right. and did absolutely nothing about it the powers that be or, knew what choices they were making right. and just made them anyways uh it's and and the opposite of that is the science that they were presented the fact that there were people yeah. who were doing something right they, they, they were, so this is what really blows my mind and what really causes a lot of paralysis for for people who want to be activists yeah. is the fact that activists successfully do things yep. and they still fail right not because not because of their activism but because of the people that they tried to convince yeah the people that they tried to convince their inaction still still failed right. the people who they were trying to help the activists tried to help exactly and so you have to then adopt a mentality of i have to persist beyond the fact that my persistence ended in in this is just in in Flint's case, yeah. Beyond the fact that my persistence ended in in turmoil, still, right. And that's like something that's really daunting and really scary yep. for activists out there um, who have to face the fact that they may do everything right and yeah. it may still not be enough, right? Yeah, so it's that's it's scary. That's the negative side of it, where it's like it's really easy to read these stories and get like debilitated by them. Right. But there's thankfully you know with sprinkled within that i think the store the, the the book itself keeps you sort of strung along with enough stories of the glimmers of hope the small progresses that are made right the little the little things that that did something um you know in in flint's case specifically it's like this this one science researcher just happening to see it and she basically is like uh 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 oh gosh oh no i see these numbers these are bad uh i see a, a lot of people in power not doing anything about it i'm um gonna hold a press conference press conference everybody and then right. like that busts the story and and like that's one actually small action right just like i mean not right. small like it took it took a a, a very intelligent person a, doing yeah. hard science but right. the act of like gotta i have to tell people i have to tell people what's going on and now all of us know about flint michigan like we know that that is an, an issue there are still issues every day surrounding flint but we as a society are now get to be more aware and more uh, on the lookout for things like that within our own community she sort of piggies that back into the story of newark new jersey which is essentially a very you know similar kind of uh series of yeah. events or whatever right. but uh just just the notion with on all these stories that it just takes somebody always keeping at it and moving forward um to no, you're not going to enact a change instantly. You're not going to just like, hey, everybody, we should do better. And then everybody's like, that sounds great. Let's all do better. That's just never how it's going to shake <laughs> out. Yeah. But Turns like out. keeping keeping at it and and if anything too, like passing the torch on to the next wave of people who can have the energy <laughs> to keep fighting that fight or whatever you you look at the uh dakota access pipeline stories within this book mm -hmm. and in general the stories of if, if everyone recalls the like 2015 protests against the dakota access pipeline 
you see that immediately followed up with Keystone yeah. XL style pipeline stuff. And yep. it's it's just these things of like, yes, these things will keep coming up and we have to keep at them. And and I mean, that just is the cycle, basically. That yeah. That is the cycle of life. I mean, hey, guess what? This is where it gets to tap into a, a, a long series of episodes you and I did, EJ. Feels yeah. a lot like series of unfortunate events, doesn't it? Sure, sure <laughs> kind of does, doesn't it? Yeah, it, yeah. Lemony Snicket couldn't write this, uh, you know, in a more unfortunate way is the thing. So, yeah, yeah, I just want to go back to a couple of points that you're making, essentially, right? Is we, you know, the communities that we're a part of, mm-hmm we have to do things at a local level, right? You have to participate at a local level. When there's something happening around you, you need to be active is really what the book is about. Right. Like when you look at the Dakota access pipeline and you look at the standing rock Sioux reservation Mm -hmm. and the protests that they put on, this is, that's a community that found something wrong and they did everything they could to make sure that that did not happen to them that's the type of thing that you have that's the type of community that you have to build that's the type of advocating for yourself that you have to do and that's that's exactly how you stop mega corporations and Mm -hmm. all of all of the bad people in the world who want to just make a quick dollar um and you know from ruining your land right uh you need to you got to step up and you have to protest so we haven't me and Matt, for instance, we live in an area where we don't really have a whole lot of that going on right now, but yeah. it could happen one day. And Matt and I, in our area, would need to be prepared to, to you know, protest against something like yeah. that. Um, and that goes for all of the people in our community and people in our friend group and everything right. like that. Like we all, like that's the activist sort of mindset, right? You have to be ready to step up when it's time for you to step up. And I think that's really the overarching point here, not for you to fly to Flint, Michigan and try to help Flint, Michigan Mm -hmm. um, necessarily. I mean, if you have the resources, go for it. (laughs) If you can, then do. But (laughs) yeah, yeah, it's like, but if, but at the same time, like when it, when it pops up, you, you have to be ready to, to go to, go to war with some very rich people essentially right. to, well, and that's, to say to them no you know right you have that's to say no the to difficulty i always have mentally with these kinds of uh things that can come up because yeah you and i are from a pretty affluent era area we are, we are from northwest right. arkansas we are from the hometown of uh one of the, the largest company in the world and that makes things like difficult to look at right because uh it's really easy to just see things looking pretty good in our area but being aware of like at what expense at what cost (laughs) things are good for us basically can can be difficult i mean you look at arkansas as a state and it's a horrible horrible place for a lot of different reasons like a a, a myriad of reasons uh the, the state has like no money despite the fact that we live in a bubble full of money basically uh and i think that is the hardest part of like reading books like this and 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 having like a desire to be more actively involved in uh environmental things and and just activism in general i so often get pessimistic and and just mean about like the notion of i don't know going to like a protest at the bentonville town town square or something like that right where i'm like i look at that 
And it is difficult for me to reckon with like, what is this going to do in, in, in this area? Like to who am I talking to? <laughs> it feels like no yeah. one, actually, no one with any of the power. It feels like we're just there for solidarity with some other region. And I need to be more open with that being okay and that being part of it. And uh, the shows of activism are just sort of a critical um, operation of sort of things becoming ubiquitous across people, right? Uh, the, the amazing thing you're talking about with like the Dakota Access is, is the notion that this was just a local issue. These are these people trying to protect their land. But... It enough of a, a show of force issue. it became right. a national issue it right. became a, a conversation and that's something my my wife and i talk a lot about that i'm you know i'm always pessimistic about this stuff of just like you know what, what you know what am i supposed to do from over here and right. what you can do is stay involved and engaged and maybe sometimes that doesn't amount to a whole lot and maybe sometimes it does like t take the action when you can if you have money to donate to things donate the money if you have time to donate to things that require time you know like do all of those things the one that always gets me that this book is really good about calling attention to is like calling your senators and i'm curious to get your take ej like when you hear that as as a calling you know hey go you know contact your senator contact your congressman contact your whatever like do you how often do you take that charge you know what i mean i don't do it often enough i, I will admittedly well, say well, i don't because i don't trust my well, congressman Matt, to listen to what my phone call <laughs> is you know Matt, what i mean we do have we we're not in a unique situation, but mm -hmm. we do have maybe the dumbest congressman of all time. That's my problem. That's kind that's of where thing. I get and really so dejected. It's it's tough because we have somebody who what how do you talk to somebody who doesn't listen to his constituents? Right. You know? Exactly. Um, I, I wanna go back to something that happened during twenty twenty, um, mm -hmm. when uh, our congressman, Tom Cotton, um, the senator mm -hmm. uh, held a town hall and <laughs> I've never seen somebody run so fast yeah. off of the stage. <laughs> I've never seen somebody absolutely get obliterated by his constituents and so, and so totally and so beautifully because he deserves it. He doesn't have an answer yeah. sometimes. Right. Sometimes you will run into a congressman who doesn't have an answer. Does that mean that you should not let your voice be heard? Because I think as a direct result of that, I think it was uh, I think that that town hall had something to do with disability uh, benefits and mm -hmm. something. I, I can't remember exactly. It's been a couple of years now. Uh, but everybody that showed up was essentially, you know, trying to tell Tom Cotton, hey, we are against a bill that is essentially going to take away yeah. our benefits. Right. And I believe it was it had to do with, with Obamacare as well um, back when they were trying to strike that. Um, away and uh, sure enough I believe Tom Cotton in that vote abstained or something <laughs> which is wild because yeah. it worked but right. it's, and it's the only time I've ever seen him listen to his constituents because yeah. they were so angry and had so much vitriol about the fact that he doesn't listen right. he doesn't listen and the fact that he actually did even the bare minimum of not voting yeah. uh, is, is a win and and that's sad. It's really sad that we have leaders in this country who don't lead with their constituents in mind. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point of being a senator. 
That's the whole right. point of being a congressman. You were there to represent the people who elected you. Yeah. And the fact that our state does not understand that they need to vote somebody who is there for their best interests mm-hmm. and who does want things to go well for them, uh, for, for everybody in the state, not, you know, not just the rich people, right. Tom. Right. Tom, Tom, <laughs> hey Tom, you freaking you, goober. Where, where where it gets even more difficult for me is when you talk about things like water has the international stage. Like that, water is going to be a world issue essentially. And and like you know, we talk about living in America, where I get to vote for a person who then is supposed to listen to me as a constituent in the thing. Right. Like there's that sort of system in place. I feel even more powerless when it comes to like, how do I help water in South Africa? Like, how, how, yes. what am I supposed to do there? And it's, you yes. know, it's not fair for, for me to sort of like wipe my hands clean of that. I, you know, it's also not helpful for me to just be like, oh, I feel terrible about it. Then that's right. what I'll do is sit here and feel terrible about it. Feel bad. But, <laughs> I'll spend 10 minutes a day feeling bad. Right. About it. But, I, like, you no. know, the, hopefully it, it's why books like this exist right that this was nancy castaldo was doing uh to to make her mark on this issue right as well i'm i'm a writer i can you know this is all information that existed in a dozen different places right you and i have read articles over time about flint and about uh about the water crisis you and i i think are both aware of it generally speaking but taking the time to read another piece of material that sort of digs in deep and and offers new perspective and and new information potentially is like always helpful right Uh, the the ability to just stay engaged on a topic as best as you can very much can be enough because then at least when you do vote or contribute to something or whatever you do it with more information the right. the worst thing Knowledge i think sources. anyone can do is just sort of decide a a, right. a way to feel about a thing and kind of like right. well we'll just i'll stick with that opinion and we'll we'll have it be that way it's like you you gotta always take in new information so you are as like up to date right. as you can be so that when it is time when when you are presented with the opportunity to make a change you right. are prepared for that, right? That that's I think right. the the biggest thing to me is no, you won't always have an ex- like a perfect response in the moment. You you may not be able to do something that feels really meaningful, but staying engaged means when that time does come, you are ready for it. Yeah, I also want to read something from Nancy Castaldo's website. It's yeah. the behind the book section. Um, She says, this was a tough one to write, but so worth it. Mm -hmm. I got to see people impacted by very difficult challenges rise to the occasion and help others. Mm. Every voice matters from the Standing Rock teens who ran across the country to to raise theirs to the Flint moms who supported the Hoosick moms miles away. In the end, I watched so many people show up, and that's what it is all about. Just showing up for our families, our communities, each other, whether in a classroom or a ballot box. The water crisis impacts everyone. I hope this book becomes a tool in the toolbox mm-hmm. for teens working for a better future. And I just want to make a note that you can make informed dis- uh, decisions about who you contribute to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you do have means in order to contribute sums of money to these crises around the world, uh, like, like Matt was saying, you know, sometimes I don't have the means to donate to every single cause that I'm in support of. Yeah, I, right. I just don't, I don't have enough money. Capitalism's killing me. 
So <laughs> it it's just how it is. Right. But I can, from time to time, make donations that fit my budget to yep. things that I truly care about, and that's something else you can do. Uh, make sure you research organizations uh, and uh, make sure that you don't donate to the Salvation Army. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> and that's it. Good night. No, I, I, uh, I think this book is very much worth reading for everybody, uh, adults, kids alike. Uh, and be, partly because as you're even describing, the, the back of this book is like a list of specific right. places to to go to, to like to help enact these sorts of changes or, 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 or contribute and be a part of things. Um, I, I do think this is a particularly good example of a book that is listing out all of the issues and trying to give as many options as possible for working out solutions. Um, you know, there are there are times when I think the book itself maybe glazes over some issues, right? You, you and I were having a conversation in the car the other day about, you know, this this book talks a bit about some of the like, like desalination, like, okay, well, our planet is actually like a huge percentage water. Like, what can we do there? And there's an aspect of this book where she brings up that that's an option, but it's incredibly costly. It's very hard to do environmentally, uh, you know, well, like to, to, to do it correctly. But I felt like she kind of went, so so it's not a good option. And it's like, well, sh surely we can improve the processes, right? right like right. surely let's, we can make, make it better, better right? because right. the other solution very expensive. Yes. Right? But the the other maybe... solution is slowly run out of water basically that <laughs> right. at least that's the vibe i got from the book is like right. so many of the other solutions are stop gaps and are things to slow the march <laughs> to running out of water but like right, but that's part of biding time abiding time for so. us to work out the science and improve the science on things right. like desalination or whatever else comes up you know being better about recycling and cleaning water yeah you have to buy right. as much time as you can for our processes to improve Right. Biding time, not to be confused with Biden time, um, <laughs> which is a time where you do things very slowly uh, and methodically. Uh, anyways, I hope you all have a happy new year. Uh, should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and the days of old Lang Syne?